I'm Brittany. And I'm Heather. Welcome to OKS Moms, the podcast. A place to be more than just mom. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of OKS Moms, the podcast. Heather here. And Brittany over here. Today we are talking about food waste, which isn't a very glamorous topic, but our guest makes it fun and very attainable. It's not this like nebulous concept that seems like I need to quit my whole life and devote it to food waste. Yes, I feel like this can be such a, well, not just boring topic, but like very overwhelming topic. Um, and there's a lot of guilt attached to it, right? Like we both talked about how we feel like we're not, never doing enough, but she breaks it down in like simple, accessible ways. I especially loved when she talked about like how to store food to make it last longer. Like we could all use that. Yeah. And that's an easy thing. It's just like a small behavioral shift. That's not like, you know, sometimes people start talking about food waste or even like different areas of sustainability. And it always reminds me of when you go to the dentist and your dental hygienist talks to you about flossing, like you just like quit your job and dedicate your life to flossing. It's like, I, I'm doing the best I can and this is what you're getting. So deal with it. <laughs> oh my God. That's so true. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we, there, we also talk about some like easy ways to do composting where it's not like this pile in your backyard that's gonna stink it up and take four hours a day to manage. Yeah. And we also talk about how, and we've talked about this on other sustainability episodes too. Like it's all just baby steps. And once, you know, you can, once those little lower level things become muscle memory and just a part of your everyday life, then you can kind of level up and do one more thing. And that's Lucy's approach too. And I think it's, it's the right one. Also, she's really fun. Super fun. She's got a three-year-old and so she totally gets the being in the motherhood stage where you don't really have a whole lot of time to devote to much of anything, let alone perfect sustainability. So her approach is very, very much from that background, which of course we appreciate. Yeah. And we will be right back with that episode after this quick break. If you're feeling the new year, new you vibe, and your goal is to get organized once and for all, then you need an essential calendar. We've both been using an essential calendar for the past few years, and their unique design allows you to see three months at a glance. This makes planning so much easier and guarantees that you make time for all the things you want to do, not just things you have to do. And new to the shop this year is the year at a glance calendar. If you like to see your whole year mapped out, this sleek, minimalist design is perfect for you. You can get 10% off your order from The Essential Calendar by going to okayestmoms.com slash essential. That's okayestmoms.com slash essential. We'd like to introduce podcast sponsor Dry Farm Wines. Dry Farm Wines is a wine club that sources natural wines from small family farms that grow organic grapes. Each wine is dry farmed, meaning no irrigation, low alcohol, below 12.5% ABV, sugar-free, lower in sulfites, free of toxic additives, and is keto, 
paleo friendly and vegan which is a fancy way of saying that you can enjoy the crisp refreshing taste of a sauvignon blanc or the warm fruit forward taste of an old vine zin without the icky feeling the next morning if you know what we mean dry farm wines offer memberships for reds whites or a mix of both that can be edited or canceled at any time to order Dry Farm Wines, go to dryfarmwines.com slash moms to order. And if you sign up for a membership through our link, you'll get an extra bottle of wine for a penny with your first order. That's dryfarmwines.com slash moms. Hi, Lucy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. So I am a sustainable living blogger. Uh, which I, I've, I've been blogging for a little over 10 years and I've always joked that, um, any kind of blogger of that wide of a genre just kind of covers all manner of sins. So, um, I generally talk about, uh, fashion, food, travel, recycling, a little bit of parenting, um, all those kinds of things. And now within, for the last three years, within the context of sustainable living, just trying to make better choices, smarter choices, learning more, um, but still looking good and not getting overwhelmed. (sighs) (laughs) So you talk a lot about food waste on your blog. How do you define food waste and why is it such a big deal? Yeah. um, So it's funny when I first started talking about food waste or reading about it, it was in these like zero food waste cookbooks and we were oh, eating corn cobs and like all these things. And I was like, oh, that feels like, like not the problem. Because when you go to restaurants, it's like, how much food do you like? No, I'm done. And it goes back or, you know, all of us cook at home or eat at home. And it's like, well, how much food are you throwing away? You know, all this stuff. Um, so that was part of like the whole food waste understanding. Um, and it, it's basically just any food that's not consumed. So that's anything from, yes, corn cobs, things that are like not edible, really, stems, seeds, stuff like that. Um, But the bigger problem and what I've really been focusing on more is really just all the food that either goes bad in your fridge, um, you just don't eat because you don't want to, you know, real life kinds of things. Um, And I think especially because in the last 100 years, I'm going to say, but 50 for sure, we're so far from farms and farmers and branches and all these things that we like lose that disconnect that this is a commodity that's been grown and worked for and all that. So, so that's part of it. All food waste, if it's not composted, which we're going to talk about that, I'm sure. Um, if it's not composted, goes to the landfill. It takes up space in a landfill. So we're filling them up, but two, it starts to break down and just like it gets smelly and gross in your fridge, uh, it gets smelly and gross out there and it starts to emit methane gases and then, you know, bigger and bigger problems. Um, and one of the reasons that I focus so much on food waste is because it doesn't cost money to talk about a lot of things with sustainable living. It's, it's expensive. Um, and it's, you know, all these, it's just complicated. Um, and so I really decided to focus on this because it was something that it didn't matter who you were, what your life was like, let's talk about like not throwing, throwing away as much food. Well, and just from an economical standpoint too, like you are throwing away money when you're throwing away food. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many cucumbers and fresh herbs just paid for and thrown away. I know. When then it's like, <laughs> I know I have, I have a pretty good system now, but yeah, yeah, no, it's never going to be perfect and that's fine, but let's just, let's just be better. <laughs> I love that. So 
how should parents talk about food waste with their kids? Oh, this one's tricky. I'm I'm going about the uh, guilt method at the moment. So my son is three. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to have a science lesson with a three-year-old. Um, and so it's a very like dumbed down basic, hey, bug, we don't want to waste food because, you know, and then it's sort of a guilt thing. So I think it really depends on how old your kids are, how you want to have that conversation. Um, but one of the things that I big picture talk about with kids is, you know, we don't want to have food waste that goes and rots and gets smelly because then we're going to lose a lot of the pretty land that you like, or a lot of the animals that are living in the wild are going to have problems. And so it, it like takes, it jumps from like small action to big picture because that's kind of, at least with my son's age, they can kind of understand that. Um, and because he's younger, he's three, there's also just like a mom says so and dad says so approach. I I understand that with older kids, that may not work. Um, <laughs> that never works with my kids even at three. So if you can get away with that, good for you. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm getting away with it, but I think I am or I'm pretending I am. So we're just going to stick with that. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. I also think... Um, when food goes in the trash or it goes in the compost pile, it's immediately forgotten about. And so it, it doesn't matter. Um, and so I, I encourage parents with older kids to start saving your food waste and let it get stanky and let it get disgusting. And then there's kind of like a visual, like, oh, I don't want to do that, you know, and you can kind of limit it. Um, but it also doesn't have to go that big. Like, I think just starting to instill, you know, only take as much food as you really think you can eat. And embracing leftovers and um, being mindful of what you're eating. And then this is, you know, more on the parenting part, but what you're eating, how best to store it? How can you try and avoid just throwing it in the trash? Maybe there's a better way to do it. So um, the biggest thing that I do, again, my kid's three, so things are different, um, is with his bowl of food. I want to think he'll eat like this much, but I start him with a bowl of this much and he can always get more. And usually he doesn't. Usually he can't even finish that one bowl, but it's like four or five bites that don't get eaten. We're still in the phase where we count bites. Um, <laughs> the kid, just three more bites. Um, anyway, so like smaller portions, but that also starts with start. Yeah, starts with me taking smaller portions and making sure I finish. Um, and then my husband and I, right now, our big thing is look, we're finishing the food that's on our plate. And so then he's like, oh, you know, he sees us practicing that. And not just throwing food away. Well, mostly not throwing food away. My 10-year-old, very like aware of climate doom and how we are ruining the earth and whatever. So like on the other side of that, sometimes with older kids who like have an idea that yeah. we can do better for the earth. For him, like explaining food waste to him, it became like a proactive thing where he's like, this is doing something for the earth. Like he takes our compost out. Like he... So there's also that side of it too. I'm sure some kids are resistant to it, but other kids who are maybe worried, this is like an actionable thing that they can do to help. So that's kind of- I fun. love that. I, I love your son. Mom, get my little praise oh. hands emoji. Good job. Like, but we had to anxiety. pick that up. Like a whole thing. <laughs> but, oh, oh, we could talk about sustainability guilt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that too. Uh, gosh, man. Uh, well, it's a bummer that kids are getting the sustainability guilt, but like parents get it. I get it. I had to go through a phase where I was like, so I just should stop eating. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Pretty and much. 
That's what it feels right? like sometimes. You know, it's like when you're on a diet too and you're like, okay, well, I can't have fat and I can't have carbs and I don't want to do that. And I'm like, all right, carrot stick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I it's think- the same kind of thing. When you brought up the portion size, I think that's a big piece of it, too, because we talked about this a little bit with our episode um, with Megan and Stacey of Didn't I Just Feed You? And how this kind of this idea of food waste kind of conflicts with like positive eating messages and kind of like maybe even some disordered eating and how those can kind of get tangled up. And so it and obviously you don't want your kids wasting food, but you don't want to give them that you have to finish every bite on your plate mentality either because that's not healthy either so I like that approach I think that's a good balance of both worlds yeah and you know what when I first was like oh food waste and then my son would have like you know part of a crust I'm like I should eat that it doesn't go to waste and then after a week I was like what the are you doing like (laughs) you don't need to eat everyone's food waste (laughs) so I mean yeah it's really complicated and I think and I'm just really big on like smaller portions and you can get more. That option's always there, you know, because when you start eating, especially when you're free, oh, I'm going to eat this and then more. And then by the end of that bowl, you're like, do I need more? And, you know, it's it's a more like calculated approach. Same with big holidays. Start small. I mean, maybe not. Maybe your family's going to run out of food on on Thanksgiving (laughs) um, or whatever. But um, it's a good approach and it kind of works with like healthier eating habits and And just in general, not being wasteful, I think it's hard for kids to understand waste because from their perspective, so much is is there and provided um, because we're trying to make it there and provided for them. Um, And so this is sort of a a good like portion control and, you know, mindfulness. Yeah, the um, giant American portions aren't always aren't always right. (laughs) No. And so if you get the giant American portions, take them home. Yeah. Um, we kind of touched on composting and things like that, too. Can you briefly talk about, I know in California, the rules and things have just recently changed, and that's going to depend on where you live. So check with your waste management people. But in our area, we can now just throw food scraps in our green waste bin, which has been so much easier because now I actually do it. And I'm not, I before I didn't know what to do with it. And now this makes everything so much easier. So can you tell us a little bit about how you do all that? Yes, I cheat. Just <laughs> just start right there. Um, yeah, so composting is, oh, there's so many different ways to do it. Um, and it depends where you live. It depends where you're at in your life and all of that. So a few options. One is composting at home. You have, you know, the traditional way is like having this big old pile in the back and you got to turn it and you have to have enough carbon and nitrogen and uh, a lot of science. Uh, <laughs> I know you're shaking your head. I'm like, yeah, no, me either. Me either. And you know, that what? wasn't That's in fine. my ninth grade biology class. So I can tell you about mitochondria, but I can't tell you about any of the things you just said. <laughs> yeah. Well, good job on the mitochondria. because I think I could still draw a mitochondria. Is that right. I don't, like, I don't remember things. what it does, but right. it's like oval and got hair. use that a lot in our adult life yeah never oh, learned anything so useful many things. and cosine <laughs> yeah but I do know what a parabola looks like yeah yeah <laughs> all those I was so good um so yeah no and we I don't ever remember learning about composting this has been just sort of a no. piecemeal thing in the last few years partly because I'm I'm interested and then I get through like a paragraph and I'm like okay no well that wasn't a an important part of the capitalistic American education. So no, it was that, that, that I know that your 10-year-old probably knows more about composting <laughs> now than I do now. Um, 
Okay, so so that's like the traditional backyard method. There's another method um, if you really want to uh, do the home thing. It's called vermicomposting, and that is with worms. Um, and a lot of vermicomposting is it's like um, maybe not a sealed container, but it's a container. Your scraps go in with dirt, and then the worms work through it, and then you kind of get compost. So that's um, I haven't done it, but from what I hear, that is um, a good at home method. That's not big stinky pile in the back uh, backyard. If you're apartment living, they're like small, actually cute, actually cute uh, containers for worm composting. If you have kids, I mean, worms are cool. I remember worms being very cool when I was a little kid. My son's not sure yet, but working on that. Yeah, maybe. Um, okay, and then the third option, and I'll get to the um, the city composting in just a second. The third option, which is Malaysia option, is that there are electric compost machines. I know. It's amazing. So in late 2019, well, I had my baby in the middle of 2019. uh, We bought our first house in August 2019. And as I'm sitting there exclusively pumping, so good. Um, I was on my phone a lot. You know, and at first it started like, okay, well, how do I wash my cloth diapers? And then I just started like researching random things, doing all this stuff. And I was like, wait, there's a machine that would compost because I was not at a place where I could handle a backyard pile. And that's, that's all I knew about composting. Um, and so I did, I did this blogger thing. I never reach out for free products. Never. I, because it's like a, a guilt thing and I don't get paid for it and the work that I put. So I'm very, I'll just say yes to things. Um, so anyway, I reached out and I was like, oh, hi, I'm Lucy. And I like trying to sell them, like, can I have a compost? And they were like, yes. Oh my God. That was like, <laughs> the best yes of my life. Um, anyway, so it's this machine. It's like, I don't know, maybe like 18 inches by. They're kind of like the 15. size of one of those old school bread makers. Yes, ex- exactly. Thank <laughs> you for that. I needed that. Um, so it's like that. It has a not very big bucket. It probably holds like four to five cups or six cups or whatever you put all your food scraps in there it can even take like bones um some cheeses not beef bones not like huge beef bones but anyway chicken bones so like certain things that even a backyard compost pile can't take you put it in you put the lid on you press go um and over the next like six to eight hours it dries it out completely and it crumbles it down. And so what it ends up doing is um, like a compost byproduct. So it doesn't have like the microorganisms in it that are so good, but it's got this like food waste that's been turned into something that you can use in your garden with a few rules that I won't bore you with. Do you want to feel like a million bucks? Get an electric compost machine. (laughs) It made me feel so good about myself. so anyway, it's interesting. We've had it now for three years. Um, Sacramento now does do the city composting. Um, and we're actually still using our electric composter because I like keeping my own compost for my garden. Um, but then there are certain things or occasionally we have too much stuff and then we throw it in the city composting. Um, yeah, that's, so that's basically composting and it's a good alternative to food waste going to the landfill. I love that we can do the city compost now because I don't really have anything to do with the compost once it's completed its cycle i'm not a good outdoor gardener everything i plant outside dies and so i don't like i don't i love that i can participate in the process but i don't need the result of the process so i like that i can just send it off in the green waste garbage can and somebody else can have it (laughs) yes oh and it's so good it's so easy i like that there isn't an extra bin 
Um, I, there's, it, there's a process to like add it into your routine, which I have a few tips if you, if you want them. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's so great. I'm so happy we have it. And a lot of people, even around California, because it's taking a while to roll out, are like, can't wait till this is coming our way. That's yeah, it's really nice. I just have like a little countertop size green waste thing. And I put the little compostable bags in there to like, yes, kind of job. keep the stink under control and make mm-hmm. it easier to take out. And then once it gets full, which it gets full pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, like once yeah, you that's start your, like food waste realization. Yeah. No, once you start filling it up, it's like, oh, I'm like these like potato skins actually can be used for something like it. You, you I don't love te- potato skins. I'm so weird. I know. Apparently, I like broccoli stems. I'm very weird. Apparently. Oh. <laughs> but you start to see, or like even just you know, like the greens you bought that you didn't finish that are now wilted. It's like, oh, oh, <laughs> now that yeah. it's all in yeah. one so pile. This is how we like to reel people into sustainable living. It starts with guilt, realization, and <laughs> guilt, and then you start googling something. You know, and I mean, that's whatever. how it got me. I mean, I'm here for it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's how it got me. And, and that's fine. I, one of my biggest things about talking about sustainable living is I'm not going to be like, okay, so here's step one and step two and step three and step four. Cause guess what? That's not going to work. You know, I could wax eloquent about cloth diapers, but if you don't have a baby, who cares? Or if you have three jobs and you're handling this parenting thing on your own, no, you do not need to do cloth diapers. You just make it through your day. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but I'm just sort of like, okay, what works? best in your life what's easiest in your life let's go there and this this green waste thing this food waste in the in the bin i think is actually working um even though we're all still learning together can we talk about eating seasonally and how that helps reduce food waste absolutely um okay so if you have like in the summer what do you like to eat nothing because it's too hot to eat okay fair <laughs> maybe watermelon watermelon for sure yeah that's about it yeah watermelon corn i mean things kind of like that um so a few things um again because we're so disconnected from like who's growing our food and all that kind of stuff nearly everything except corn funny enough i can't figure out why but nearly everything is available year-round and so we've completely like detached from that seasonality but there are still some things that we associate with seasons you know again in the summer Corn, watermelon, um, tomatoes. Oh, don't don't get me started on out of season tomatoes. I don't think they should exist. They're disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, but summer tomatoes are like. Um, clearly, I like food. Obviously, <laughs> um, but then like as you move into fall, you think of like apples and pumpkins. Hey, guess what? That's their season. And that you know, as you kind of move through things, and so food that's grown in its preferred season closer by just tastes better food that tastes better is more likely to be consumed i mean like you know if you like get a bag of like mandarins and it's not quite mandarin season like it's gonna take you 12 days 12 days 12 years to get through that bag of mandarins you may or may not make it thankfully they don't go bad easily you know so like one of them is just like it tastes better so you're probably going to eat it more easily um the other thing and this is this one's not as true as i wish it were but if it's in season it's more likely to have been grown closer to you. So it cuts back on all the transportation emissions. It also cuts back on the time that it was being transported. So, um, which cuts into like its shelf life. So if something has to be flown in from Mexico and then to your local store and then to your home, 
you've already lost four or five days of it being edible. Whereas if it's grown within a hundred miles or whatever, it might take a day to get to your market or your farmer's market or whatever. And then you still have that extra three to four days. So it, it doesn't feel like you're like racing against the clock to like, you know, finish all the things in your fridge and some things, especially summer things, some things only have like a couple days to really enjoy. Um, so there's that. And then um, other things like on the transportation aspect is like, you know, if you get um, a container of berries or whatever, if there's a bad one in there until that bad one is removed, it's going to like bring all of its friends to the dark side. Um, so, so um, you know, so things, things like that. So tastes better, you're more likely to eat it. Um, if it's in season, it likely doesn't have to travel as far. And so that extends its shelf life at home. Um, so I'm really, really big on seasonal eating mostly because it tastes better, but, um, but just for all these reasons, but I'm, I'm also just like, okay, buy whatever, whenever you need, let's talk about how to store it correctly. Let's talk about great ways to use it up, you know, things like that. So this is not me judging anything at all. You do again, we just have to make it through the day sometimes, sometimes all the time. Um, so whatever can, can make that happen. Yeah. I think there's definitely a balance of like apples or something that are eaten 24 seven in my house around here, because it's something that I know it's like a heartier snack that I can put in their lunch every day that I know they're going to eat. And do apples not taste so great sometimes because it's February? Like, yeah, but also my kids eat them anyway for some strange reason. So that's what they get. <laughs> I think I eat apples all year round. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I do. They're they're easy. They're sturdy. They and get actually, a little funky, like in February and March, but we just get power bread. through. Yeah, mm, I know. <laughs> Good job, you guys. I know. <laughs> Way to make it. Um. Oh, and I forgot. Well, anyway, I forgot forgot what amazingness I was going to say there. You mentioned storing foods um, properly. Can we dive into that a little bit? Like common foods that spoil easily. What tips do you have to prevent that? Yes, absolutely. So um, I actually pulled moms in my local Facebook group and was like, what goes bad in your fridge? Because, you know, everyone's is different. And there are basically five things that came up across the board. Fresh herbs, tomatoes, celery, bananas, and lettuce. Mm. Uh, which all of us are like, mm, mm-hmm, been there. Yeah. I yeah. literally have all of those things going bad in my kitchen right now. <laughs> oh my God. We need to talk today. Uh, yeah, no, and they do. Um, okay. So I've, I've tips for each one of them real fast. If you're open well, to tip it. Number one, stop letting your kids talk you into buying bananas. Cause they're never going to eat them. <laughs> and you will oh. always end up with banana bread. <laughs> I mean, I need more banana bread in my life. So I get it. Yeah. No, funny. My three-year-old does not like bananas. He's never liked them. Um, I get messages from school. They're like declined banana. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought all kids, I thought it was like ingrained, but my child eats beets and mushrooms which I didn't eat till my thirties. So I'm not here to complain about that. I still want to eat those. So good for him. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. So anyway, like the few things he doesn't like, I, I just like, I accept, I embrace, we move on. Um, and the few things he doesn't like, neither does my husband. So it, Lucy just loses. Um, but it's fine. Um, okay. G- quick things. Um, let's see. Fresh herbs. So fresh herbs can actually last weeks, weeks in your fridge. Um, when you get them, take a towel. You can use a paper towel. We don't use paper towels in our house anymore. So I just use like a cheesecloth or um, like a thin kitchen towel. Get it wet, wring it out, wrap your herbs, and then put them inside a bag. So you can either use like a plastic Ziploc bag or 
um, a stasher, like reusable bag, don't seal it, but just tuck them in and then check every like two to three days to make sure that, um, that towel is still damp. If it's not pull it out, get it wet again, bring it out, wrap it back up, stick it back in. Um, so anyway, they'll actually last a few weeks, which is kind of wild. Basil's a little bit harder, so moody and delicious. Um, but generally that's like, that's one of the big ones. Um, lettuce is a similar thing. So when you bring it home, if it's like a full head of lettuce, remove any of the damaged leaves. You want to do this with all your food. Like if you bring any food home, go through it before you stick it in the fridge. Oh, go through it. Take it out of the bag. Hate. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I hate single use plastic, but also those plastic bags are really good at making mold happen. So anyway, I, I take like almost everything completely out of bags if I've gotten them before I stick them in the fridge. Um, so anyway, let us remove any of the wilting leaves. Um, you're going to wrap it loosely in a lightweight towel. Um, and then like put it in your drawer um, and no lettuce does not last forever you know like I think that's also a thing like life experience has taught you what lasts a while and what doesn't trust that life experience when you're making your decisions um, so that's one of them tomatoes they should be on the counter in a cool place store them upside down I can't tell you why I don't know what the science is but it works um, so upside down you can put them in the fridge um, but then when you need to use them just like bring them out and let them come to room temperature and then they won't have quite so milly of a texture. Um, let's see, bananas. Oh, a big one. Well, maybe don't listen to your, let's start there. Don't listen to your kids about buying bananas. Super important. I forgot to put that in my cookbook. <laughs> um, uh, second, banana bunches can be very easily taken apart. So if you're like, oh, let's get some, we only need two. Like you don't have to buy a whole bunch. Do as you like. Um, one, so that, and then um, if you wrap the stem in either like, plastic foil um a towel something like that you can use a rubber band to keep it tight and then don't store it near any other fruit so fruit mm -hmm. fruit's a little gaseous in and of itself and so what it starts to emit things that will actually make other fruits around it spoil faster oh um, maybe that's i know my science problem. lesson probably there's mitochondria <laughs> somebody listening to this is going to be like there is not mitochondria <laughs> no I'm, I'm pretty sure there there is or isn't and either way it's fine uh, <laughs> um and then, yeah, celery, celery is like carrots. It starts to lose its moisture. Um, so again, like wrap the whole stock in a damp towel, place it in the drawer. Um, or if it's already cut up, you can like submerge it in water. Hmm. What I've been doing with my celery is because I really only buy it to use in soups. And so I'll just cut up all of it when I get it and then just th throw it straight in the freezer because no one, no one is e eating a celery stick in my house. Literally no, no. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, look at you. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're nailing it. Um, yeah, that's one of the other big things. Um, so I, well, I try to do a lot of our shopping at farmer's market at our local farmer's market. Not, I'm not perfect. And right now, honestly, life is just, life is throwing me life right now. And so it's not been so many farmer's markets. Um, but anytime I bring produce home, I go through it. Um, I take it out of plastic bags if that's what's happened. If I bring you home carrots and I usually get carrots that have the stems on them, cut all the stems off because they pull, mo pull moisture out of the carrots on the bottom. If it's berries, I'll go through and separate them between like have some days, probably tomorrow. And like who we're having these today right now, um, you know, like separate them out. So various things like that, but just like get good and close with your food. And if something looks like it's not going to last as long, top, like top of mind, add it into the, that day or the next day's eating realm. So you bring up a good point that a lot of this stuff really does take a lot of time. 
Do you have any like quick tips to cut down the time it takes or is it just something that you have to incorporate into your routine? I mean, I feel like the choices are like either make the time or keep wasting money and food. I don't know. I I prioritize it just because it's like part of my routine. Like it comes up and it may not be that moment after, but you know, I also like only have one kid and we're not doing X practices and all these kinds of things. So, um, I can like bring it in, do whatever I need to and come back and like check the few things that I'm going to do. Um, yeah, just slowly start adding it in. I don't expect anybody to like listen to this or read my books and be like, I'm solid. Like I still look in cookbooks and Google all the time. How do I store this? Then I'm like, oh yeah, duh, forgot. Um, or whatever. But like, think about the things that go bad in your fridge and maybe it's just like the two or three things and remember how to store those and just start there. And then it'll become second nature. You won't even have to think about it. You're just like, oh yeah, towel, wrap it, throw it in. Um, and you're good. But you know, a lot of like adulting or sustainable living is thinking big picture. And so if you take those couple extra minutes at the beginning, then your food's not going to go to waste. You don't, you don't have to have that guilt trip about putting it in the compost bin or the trash. You're not like you're in theory cutting back on grocery trips or grocery bills because you're not doing that. But honestly, again, when you're trying to just get groceries home and in the fridge, you're not going to go through all of that thought process. So like, let's just focus on bananas or herbs or whatever. Baby steps. Yes. And you know what? Sometimes I don't do any of it (laughs) because I got a life and other times I'm so amazing. So good. Yeah. And that's, it's fine. Part of tackling food waste in your kitchen is determining what is still good. Can you talk a little bit about expiration dates and the shelf life of common things in our fridge? Yeah. Oh, I hate expiration dates. Um, so I, was that terrible? Um, I, I like to think of expiration dates loosely. Um, one, it is a very, very conservative guess by a manufacturer of when something is not going to go or when something is going to go bad. But all of us have like smelled the milk before the expiration date one time and been like, oh God, that's bad. Yeah. Or sometimes you don't check the expiration date. And then like a week later, you're like, oh, this is supposed to have been about a week ago, but I've been drinking it. You know, so if you kind of like keep that in mind, food, food kind of tells you when it's expiring. It either smells, it looks funny, or it tastes funny. Now, before we get to the taste funny, don't worry. Um, So I use expiration dates, like on milk expiration date. If I'm looking at all of them, if I know like we're not going to plow through this milk right away, we need a little bit more time. I looked at the expiration date more as like a guideline of like, okay, what's probably the most recent and so therefore has the most chance of surviving the longest in my fridge um, when it goes through stuff like that. Um, When it comes to an expiration date in terms of throwing food away, Use it as a guideline, I guess. I don't even look at expiration dates. Like, I completely ignore them. Um, but I understand if you're not there yet. It's, again, baby steps. Um, but look at it. Smell it. If it smells okay, then, you know, also, if it looks funky, like, you know, when you open, like, deli meat, and it's like, hey, it's got, like, a shimmery purple-green thing. I don't think that's normal. And it's not. That's time to move it along, right? Um, but if it passes those tests and then you taste it, uh, most times it's totally fine. Um, and if it's not like, you know, take a very small conservative bite and if it tastes nice, spit it out. You can be the, actually my cereal doesn't spit stuff out, but if I like eat grapefruit, I spit it out, <laughs> you know, whatever that is. Um, 
So yeah, that's one thing in terms of expiration dates. Uh, if you are there and want to move a little bit beyond that, um, there are things like, you guys are probably going to die. So like hard cheeses, if there's like... <laughs> oh yeah, no, you cut off the end and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> girl. yeah. So hard I'm not cheeses, wasting most... cheese. No. <laughs> we know where our priorities are at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, hard cheeses, just for anybody who's not there yet, hard cheeses, the mold can't actually get in. So if you have mold on the outside, just give that girl like a facelift, cut off all the sides and you're solid and good to go. I do like, um, if that happens, like if it's gotten like really bad in a bag and maybe not really bad, it never gets really bad. But like, if it's like a little bit kind of bad, interpret that as you will. Um, and I like cut them all off. I'll put it in a new container just because I don't, I don't know what's happened in that old container. Um, so when the- I was in college, I took, um, a backpacking class one semester and so we had to, to like school? that sounds fantastic <laughs> i went to Geno I mean, state oh and it was just like a semester class and like the, so like we we met like once a month to like prep the trip and then we like went on a big backpacking trip with the whole class and i remember that so like we were trying to figure out what do we eat these like we don't want to carry a box or whatever and our professor was like you can just like there's a lot of foods that don't need to be refrigerated and we'll be totally fine. And cheese was one of them. And it, he always said, like, as long as you don't touch it with your hands, because that's where, like, like the bacteria and whatever from the cheese comes from. And so as, as long it can be room temperature, as long as you handle it properly, and it can be fine for a very long time. And so I've always remembered that. And I've tried to never, like, touch, like, even, like, with, like, shredded cheese, I'll try and, like, dump it out of the bag instead of. I love that. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Again, it's, we're so, we're so disconnected from like the food production, all these things. Like I'll tell my mom, I'll be like, Oh my gosh, mom. Bleh. And she's like, duh. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> well, but I read it on a blog. I shouldn't make fun of my job. Um, you know, whatever it is, but yeah, like these, these things that somehow in the last few years, we just like didn't learn, didn't, which I'm like, well, you didn't teach me. No, I didn't. Well, and, like I we in America, we refrigerate eggs and in most other countries, those are like a shelf, like a pantry item. And like we do yeah. a lot of weird things with food that doesn't need to be done. Yeah. Well, and then, OK, so circling back to expiration dates, funny enough. So like uh, condiments, most of them have some kind of an acid in them, like some kind of vinegar or whatever that actually preserves them and keeps them safe. Like your ketchup not going to go bad. Your mayonnaise is probably not going to go bad. Your mustard is certainly not going to go bad. It may taste different after a long time um, or have a different color, kind of things like that. Um, but generally, it's the expiration date is, you know, again, the conservative guess of when this is like maybe going to lose flavor. Even things in your cupboard, like rice or whatever, you know, if you've ever like had rice in that time, you're like, huh, it tastes kind of weird. It's just, it's just getting stale. So it just doesn't taste as good. It's not bad for you, but not as enjoyable. Thank you so much for joining us, Lucy. Can you tell us where people can find more about Lucy's Morsels and about your cookbooks? Yes, absolutely. So uh, the best places online to find me are uh, my blog, just lucysmorsels.com. And then I'm on Instagram uh, at Lucy's Morsels there. Blonde, blonde lady in the picture. Uh, and then I have two cookbooks, um, self-published and they're, they're spring and summer and fall and winter. And it's basically just easy recipes to kind of get you back in touch with what's in season how best to enjoy it it includes tips for you know storing things properly how to use up some older things uh things of that nature and it's got beautiful photography so it's not like oh food waste recipes 
it's like legit you you want to go buy things in season thank you so much for joining us If you like what you just heard, and we hope you do, you can find more of us online at www.okistmoms.com. We're also on all social media platforms, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at okistmomsblog. Or if you want to, you can send us an email at hey at okistmoms.com.